Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the fifth episode of Hunter Hunter on the HBO Boys podcast. This episode's name is Hisaka is so sneaky. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be said like that. I haven't asked the writers how they would like their titles to be presented, but I feel as though they want to say it like very tongue-in-cheek. Hisaka is so sneaky. The summary of this episode goes like this. The applicants made it through the long underground tunnel to find themselves in a foggy wetland. Not a great reward for a 50-mile jog through a tunnel. The applicants can barely see a thing as they are targeted by many monsters. Gone and Kilowatt are running near the front of the group. If you must be reminded, Kilowatt is our nickname for Kalua or Kilowa. Oh my god. I think that's actually how you say Kilowatt's name. It's the first time I've said his name correctly in many a moon. And I will never do so again. Anyway, they're running in front of the group while Mr. Oreo and Pika Pika are in the back, which is when they spot a group of applicants surrounding Hisaka. And based on the title, it's probably going to go poorly for them. I think anyone should be afraid of attacking a character described as a psycho magician and who has proven to murder people with playing cards. He's like if Gambit was good. You know how Gambit never positively affected a fight in X-Men? Hasaka murders people with playing cards. They just stick in them or go through them. Gambits, like, explode next to people and somehow do zero damage. So sad. I'm not going to get into how sad I am about how ineffectual Gambit is right now, but it has taken a toll on my overall psyche. But as James would say that I say, any hoozles. So I actually watched the intro this time. I didn't fast forward through it or anything. I know. Big time stuff. And at some point I realized... I think this show is maybe made by a guy who thought fishing was the best hobby ever and got shit on it his entire life and was like, you know what? I'm going to write one of the greatest mangas ever made that makes fishing dope. And then you'll see who's laughing. Fishing will be great. I will make it great. Trevor. I don't know why. Trevor is the evil one. here. Fuck you, Trevor. Fishing's dope. I will write the best manga and fishing will be at its epicenter. So that's the new hypothesis I'm laying down for this show. It was born out of a jaded fisherman's wish for fishing to be the best hobby of all time. So we'll see how that hypothesis develops. But before we get into the show, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash HBO boys, boys with a Z. And I remember to do it at the front this time. So your goals are achievable if you give them your all. It's just a dollar a month. It really helps us because we got to pay for like audio hosting and stuff. And this is a hobby for James and I. We don't have an LLC. We can't be giving tax IDs to people to get the ads that don't get offered to us. Please go to Patreon. Give us a dollar or more a month. You get a bunch of bonus content. You get this show at least a week early and a bunch of other stuff. Okay, cool. So episode five. To set the scene, we are still in phase one of the Hunter exam, and our adventure gang of 368 applicants find themselves in an unexplored land known as the Millsy Wetland, or Swindler Swamp. Giving this place two names was a mistake, and it's slightly annoying, but I won't let it get me down. 
Our pals are still running. They have now been doing so for 50 plus miles, except now the ground they're running on is soft as a soy boy. In the crowd, we do get to see the rookie crusher, our old friend Tones Bones, who is trying to ruin the time of all the rookies, is still with us, which is good. I want him to have a graphic on-screen death, as I've made clear in the past, and that cannot happen if he's not around. A blackbird is following the group of applicants through the fog, which is getting thicker and thicker over time. All ominous affairs. A group of soldier-looking folk within the hunter's applicant party, all wearing blue, remark that they should take care of what they came here to do while the fog is thick and, quote, get rid of him, unquote. And because this episode's name is Hisaka is so sneaky, I assume they mean him. Hasaka, I believe we should cover, is my guess to be one of the main antagonists of the entire series as we go along, and for sure this episode. If I had to guess, which I don't have to, I choose to guess, but if I had to, this episode really is to let us know how strong Hasaka is relative to the other heroes on the show, which I bet is real strong. I bet that's the answer. It seems as though Kilowatt has a magic nose and smells danger, so he decides that himself and Gon should get to the front of the pack as he is understanding that some shit's about to go down behind him and Gon. Gon screams at this point back to Pika Pika and Mr. Oreo that they should all move to the front and single stuffed mint Oreo yells back, okay, man, I would have been in the front if it was a possibility. If that was something that I could do, I would be doing it, but I'm not, so... F you, how dare you, which is relatable. As much as I don't like Mr. Oreo, I get it. Pika says, go ahead, they will meet them up there. And all of this is to set up that Pika and Oreo will be near the future scuffle and perhaps will lose the front of the adventure party slash the examiner, so aptly named by us, Betty White Totesmagotes. I believe we've changed the examiner's name, whose real name is Satotes? (laughs) Ha ha! You remembered it, Ryan. Good job. Thanks, Ryan. So yeah, that straight-armed, wiggly-legged examiner probably going to get out in front of Pika Pika and Mr. Oreo while Gon and Kilowatt will be nearer to him as they are faster, younger, stronger, more dexterous, have better hair overall. Just better. They're better overall. Pika and Mr. Oreo discuss that they are afraid of losing the pack, but it will be fine as long as they don't lose sight of the people ahead of them, at which point they lose sight of the people ahead of them. And then, in front of them, out of the fog, comes what looks like a giant turtle with the neck and head of an Apatosaurus. Not a Brontosaurus, because that's not a real thing. Look it up. Also, I think it's important to note, because it's weird, on the Apatosaurus eyes shell looks like sticks with strawberries at the end of them, for some reason. Also, I think this Apatosauri is in the intro. The Apatosaurbro, as I will continue to make up names for him for no reason. Anyway, I'm going to pause for one moment in the middle of this podcast because I can do that. I'm the only one here. I'm aware I say anyway 45 times a podcast. It's my favorite transition back from an aside. And if you have any more ways to do so, any way to get back from said asides that happen on a constant basis, if there's another transition you'd like for me to say, please write into at WestworldRyan on Twitter so that I can say them. This has been a public service announcement. Anyway, that giant fucking dinosaur turtle eats a dude with its sharp-ass teeth and then immediately eats another dude. So the backside of the adventure party is scattering, and it makes sense to do so. Dude's getting eaten up in here. Which, by the way, Satote, the examiner last episode, said that there would be beasts who wanted to deceive the adventuring party in the swamp. But he didn't mention... 
He failed to say there would be gigantic and hungry carnivorous beasts, which I should point out, if you're ever going somewhere with me and there are both deceptive creatures and ones that will eat you with their goddamn sharp fangs, tell me about the fucking murder fang ones first, obviously. So, Pika and Mr. Oreo are surrounded. How will our heroes survive this perilous situation? I assume the narrator would say if he showed up in this moment, but he didn't, so just like, I decided to add it for you. Behind them, the people who ran away in the wrong direction run onto some mushrooms that start to emit smoke that I'm sure will clear the sinuses and the fog at the same time and not murder them. <clears throat> wrong again, it makes them grow mushrooms out of their brains and they're fucking dead. Cool, so deceptive. Another group who was closer to the front of the pack keep running past the mushroom-infested corpses, and they see butterflies in front of them as they keep running. The only named character I see in this group is the strong wrestler who eats things, bro. And I assume just based on the last two things that happened, they're all about to be dead, so rip wrestler, bro. He sure did love to eat. That will be written on his tombstone in this unmarked grave he has next to the mushrooms. And then I called it wrong, apparently. I wrote this in the past, but I'm saying it in the future. I know I was wrong in the past, but I will let you know. I, I, I was wrong when I wrote that. He didn't fall down, but some others did, and it looks like they just fall asleep. I have to point out about the obstacles that are appearing. There is a moment when it freeze frames on them as the obstacles onto screen, and then there's a little Japanese subtitle that I can't read because I can't read Japanese, which is annoying because I feel like that's some solid information that I want to know. You know, what exactly the butterflies just did, for instance, to those people pass out, fall asleep, have a brain aneurysm and die. I don't know those things because I can't read Japanese. And I feel like this is happening because this is the dubbed version. Because if there were English subtitles, there would also probably be subtitles for the subtitles. And the subtitled version is the one I would prefer anyway. I haven't complained about it for a few episodes. I hopefully won't keep complaining that it's the dubbed version. and Because I know people like the dubbed version. It's just not for me. Especially because, like, you know, in this moment, I bet I could read what the goddamn butterflies did, but now I can't, so. We zoom into another group that includes the three brothers who never pass and who help take out Nicholas, the pretentious nerd, for the Rookie Crusher, and they are stopped in the middle of some heavy fog and don't know where to go. They hear Satote's voice and see his arms wiggling, but we, as an audience, are astute. And we know that his legs are wiggly and his arms are never not straight. They are goddamn two by fours. And these fools are being bamboozled, but honestly good. I hope the thing happens to them that happened in Braveheart to Braveheart, where all of his limbs are pulled from his body. And by the way, spoiler alert, but if I'm spoiling a movie for you that happened in 1995, I have zero sympathy. Go watch Braveheart. Freedom! Is that the second time? I have shouted freedom in this podcast. I really think it is. Hmm. Hmm. Ongoing themes. So, not only them, but a bunch of other people run in that direction. And boom, there is a large hole in the ground. And at the bottom of said hole are a bunch of spikes. And holy shit, dude. This show is ruthless. And no one ever fell onto a goddamn spike, was impaled through the torso by a spike in Dragon Ball Z. I mean, Krillin exploded that one time, but that's about it. So sadly, the three brothers are the only ones to stop short and they don't get to get impaled. All they do is see the carnage and then live through it, which sucks. One of them to be murdered. Above them is that black ominous bird who keeps following everybody around and who's now, by the way, sounds like Satote's and is obviously what this group heard instead of the real examiner. And I 
fucking knew this bird was evil, dude. It's the same bird, I think, that the old riddle lady had and was holding in episode two, which I hope is true because callbacks are neat. Also, my girlfriend will be happy to know later when we go on a walk around the old neighborhood and I tell her about this show that she definitely doesn't care about, that a bird is evil in it because she hates birds, so it's very relatable for her. Again, the bird freezes and we get a subtitle that I can't read and I assume says Mimic Bird, but I don't fucking know and this is frustrating beyond belief. Cool moving on. We go back to Kilowatt and Gon who points out that he can hear screaming all around them and wonders what's going on. Just then, they fall into a trap and that trap was a giant frog's mouth, lol. So they have to fight their way out of stomach acid, I assume, which is relatable to me because stomach acid is my worst enemy. I hope they brought a truckload of antacids. And again, by the way, a subtitle happens under the big frog and my anger continues to rise to unimaginable levels. Also, by the way, I will say Tums only this once, and I will not continue. I said antacids before, because I want a Tums sponsorship. One, I use them constantly, because me fighting stomach acid is not a joke. It is a daily routine. And two, come on, Tums. Give us money. Come on. Meanwhile, Mr. Oreo and Pika Pika are fighting these dinosaur turtle strawberry douchebags, and right before Mr. Oreo is about to be eaten, Pika Pika stabs one in the goddamn eyeball, and they run off. We port back to Giant Frog, whose face turns blue, and he enters Barf City. Spitting out in the process are two boys, Gon and Kilowatt. Kilowatt says the reason he barfed is because he poured some of Tones Bones' The Rookie Crusher's poison soda down its throat, so that Crusher dick bag was good for something, at the very least. Kilowatt takes off while Gon wants to hang back and help Mr. Oreo and Pika Squared. Which might be a good idea, because Double Stuffed Oreo and Pika Pika are running and see the group of soldiers surrounding Hisaka, who looks unfazed by the upcoming 1v9 he's about to take on. Said soldiers say Hisaka's life will be spared if he never takes the exam again, and he's like, yeah, that's cool, I'm gonna pass, so I won't have to. And they're like, that's not what we meant, obviously. And he's like, I fucking know what you meant, come at me fools, let's fight. So, as everyone knew was going to happen, Hisaka cuts them all in half with one fell swoop of a playing card, so it goes. This was a stupid fight. Don't fight the psycho magician, wizard, card thrower, good gambit. At this point, Hasaka notices Pika Pika and Mr. Oreo are off to the side and ask if they want the same shit these fools just got. Kilowatt has run ahead and sees the shadows of the front pack and goes to tell Gon, but he isn't there to be told shit. Gon has disappeared. Hasaka walks towards Pika and Mr. Oreo, and for some reason, they aren't just like, nah, we're good. Bye. They don't try at all to talk themselves out of this situation, which is mind-boggling, but okay. And they follow Pika's plan of running in the opposite direction on his signal. So Pika screams, and they both run away, and Hisaka's evil laugh is heard as they make their first good decision in a very long time. But then, Mr. Oreo walks back, like a dumbass, to die for no reason. This show is trying so desperately to redeem Mr. Oreo for me and I assume the rest of the audience. Mr. Oreo has been a certified asshole for three episodes, and I'm not here for it. Him doing stupid shit like this doesn't make me forget about him being wholly unlikable this entire time. Mr. Oreo runs at Hisaka with a stick of all things and goes right through him, at which point Hisaka goes to grab the back of Mr. Oreo's neck, but just before that, he gets hit in the face with Gon's lure. See? Fishing is cool! It saves Oreos! Hisaka starts to walk towards Gon menacingly as Mr. Oreo runs at Hisaka from the back but gets clocked in the face anyway, spilling blood out of his stupid mouth 
that says dumb things. Gon then jumps at Hisaka and goes to hit him with his fishing pole. God, I hope he gets a better weapon at some point. This is just embarrassing. But he misses Hisaka, who then turns into smoke because he's fast as fuck. Gon then tries to do some sneaky ass shit by hitting the ground in front of Hisaka with his lure and then 360-ing around the Psycho Magician, but that doesn't work and Hisaka catches him by the throat. And this moment did it for me. It shows that Gon has a lot of work to do, but with no experience whatsoever, he is doing an okay job against someone who is obviously strong as holy fuck, like Hisaka. Gon is not Saitama from One Punch Man. He doesn't start off as a god, but he has the latent ability to become one, you know? If he doesn't get choked to death right now, by this clown bro, that is. Hisaka says he loves the look of someone dying, which is a dope thing for an evil character to say as Gon passes out, and then Hisaka drops him inexplicably. He claims that he didn't kill Gon or Mr. Oreo because they quote-unquote pass. So apparently he fancies himself an examiner of sorts. Just then, Hasaka's phone or walkie-talkie or whatever goes off, and he has the front of the pack on radar, and someone on the phone says that he should come back because they've almost reached the second phase. So he has an insider in the pack. I'm betting Hisaka, as probs the future antagonist of this series, will look back on this moment when he could have killed Gon and Mr. Oreo and be really bummed he didn't do it. Hisaka picks up Mr. Oreo and starts walking towards the pack. Gon chills on the ground and thinks about his own mortality, probably, as Pika Pika runs back and finds him. Gon lets out a sigh of relief to see that he has a helpful friend who actually comes back for him, while Kilowatt is nowhere to be seen. Back at the front, it looks like they've reached a wall and Kilowatt is looking around for his friend as we see a bro in green put away a cell phone. So we know this green bro whose face we don't see is also going to be evil as heck and or Hasaka's friend or both. We get a picture of the pack and we see that Tones Bones, the rookie crusher, has made it as well, who does not look like he could run one foot, let alone one mile, let alone 50 miles plus through a swamp, but okay, whatever. And the three brothers who recently didn't get impaled have made it as well. Pika and Gon follow the scent of Mr. Oreo's strong cologne, which Gon claims he could smell from miles away, which, shit, that's crazy. He has a goddamn bloodhound nose, right on. And so to be clear, Kilowatt can smell crime, as exhibited earlier, and Gon can smell everything else that isn't intangible. They will be a solid smelling duo in the near future, most likely. Gon and Pika discuss why Hisaka quote-unquote passed them, and Pika wagers that Hisaka was playing judge and judged them on their hunter worthiness, or perhaps might have felt that Gon and Oreo were kindred spirits, which it was some cringe lord shit line, but okay, fine. I'll try to remember this moment for when Hisaka, I assume, has a monologue about this moment in the far future and see if Pika Pika was right. Gon says that he was scared and wanted to run away, but couldn't because he had an excitement that he hadn't felt ever in his life before, where he was on the edge of life and death, and he would look forward to more life and death situations. And isn't that weird, he says? And yes, my boy, yes, it is weird. Super weird, but right on. Then a wild narrator appears. Gone had experienced mortal fear for the first time. Although the feelings are unfamiliar, he was curious nonetheless. So he's like a sociopath, I guess. <laughs> they get to the wall with the rest of the adventure crew as Totsmagotsis checks his watch. So they were about to leave, but they made it just in time. The narrator also mentions that 220 candidates have withdrawn, which is a nice way to say they're dead as fuck in the swamp right now, and 148 are left. And bing, bang, boom, that's the end of episode five. Episode six is going to be titled A Surprising Challenge. And from the next on video, it looks like they're going to be in Top Chef. 
like actually cooking things, which is weird. And it can't just be all of it. Although if it is all of it, that's a fun, large swing. Just be like, yeah, you just ran 60, 70 miles. A bunch of your friends or at least, you know, adventure pals just died in a swamp. Make me a creme brulee. (laughs) So yeah, thanks again for listening to this podcast about Hunter Hunter. Thanks again for just, you know, sticking around. I know you guys miss James just as much as I do. Or perhaps you don't know who James is because this is the only podcast on this channel that you listen to. There are a lot of options for what you feel inside your brain based on just like the context of your life that I can't fully understand because I'm not you. Cool. Come back next time. (laughs) Okay. Bye.